Create aspirational visions rather than prescriptive process. This has got to be one of the most fundamental principles because it underlies so much of the way you see the world and the way you act. I'd love to hear you just break down why this is so important and how it guides what you do. So we start everything with an aspirational vision of the future. You know, in, in our world, in a more traditional Marine Corps world, we might call that commander's intent. It's where we're going after. It's what we're striving to achieve. Um, but where a bureaucracy and the Department of Defense often gets this wrong is that we see an end state and then we prescribe how we're going to reach that end state. And that puts all the decision making and the wisdom and the knowledge is counted on right there at the beginning when you don't have the insights you need. Aspirational vision gives you something you're striving for. It paints a picture for all the parties that are working with you of where you're going and allows them the freedom to embody that vision, however they are and wherever they are in the process. And it, it really taps into the creativity and the imagination and the interest of your collaborators. And so I have found that if you create an aspirational vision, then you would be surprised at where the co-design and the co-creation leads you in a good way, because you want to maintain agility. And so I'll just use one example. Um, we created through an ecosystem of folks that came together um, for our installation next forum, you know, the future of military bases, uh, smart bases, if you will. We knew that protection was our number one, you know, priority. Well, we brought an ecosystem together of folks and we went through a design think, you know, a few years ago. And what really emerged is this vision of a digital fortress that complements the physical fortress we have today. Today, we almost build a structural moat around ourselves and say that we are protected from the outside. So what really emerged from this, this group was this vision of a digital fortress that, that layered on top of a physical fortress that we already do so well. Um, and that, that vision of what it can mean in the future as you have you know, counter intrusion for your perimeter or a digital layering of, of how your security posture towards gate access. It really gave a vision that allowed me to kind of bump into the rest of the world, right? External to the Marine Corps. And that's where we first started our relationship with Customs and Border Protection, where, you know, we got invited to come and see what they were doing on the southern border to complement a very limited uh, manpower in a vast perimeter. And, and so it led us to, one, be very interested in what they were doing, but then align and sign a memorandum of understanding to work on protection efforts together. And then that led to an effort we have with Anduril, which does artificial intelligence, machine learning with sensor suites and computing on the edge, you know, to really increase your security posture. And that led us to then partner with Customs and Border Protection on an Anduril effort that was going to go on the coast of Camp Pendleton because Customs and Border Protection didn't have, you know, access to land as easily on the coast. And we wanted to do a maritime effort together. And so 
you see how just the start of this vision of a digital fortress led to the socialization of opportunity between another organization, you know, government organization, and then a vendor, and then a recognition that, whoa, there's opportunity that we can each pitch in and, and leverage. We, through that relationship, were able to leverage the maturity of their understanding of the technology and the correct applications of that technology to their version of a counter-intrusion mission, their version of a digital fortress vision. And so all that skill and time and um, design and application that they had worked on, we instantly were able to link to it. Now, if we would have gone back three years ago to when we first generated that vision of a digital fortress and we would have been prescriptive, we want X sensors on a tower. We want you know, motion detection here. We want blank in the cloud. Whatever it was, it would have been wrong. That's the whole point. It would have been wrong. And we would have been after and investing and striving at the wrong thing. And so what, what aspirational vision does is it, it gives this agile vision of the future that can morph to the opportunity. And, and then the opportunity is free enough that you can really align to each other's interests and generate something together. Um, and that's the beauty of doing aspirational vision versus a prescriptive process. Even if I had the money to fund everything that I wanted to design as an individual, it would be wrong. It would be limited because I'm not wise enough. We aren't wise enough. We aren't engaged enough. Um, and that's, that highlights how it's always been wrong in the military in how we did our requirements development. You know, the fulcrum here is who wrote the requirement and that becomes the guiding light. And that is in our bureaucracy, the decision maker, the thought process and all of that. You know, we aren't designers. We aren't entrepreneurs. We aren't shaping the future uh, of the world. And so we're always looking backwards when we design a requirement. This process is about looking forward into the unknown creating a vision that people can chew on, that can make it their own, but it's all within the, the framework of what we strive to do. You know, what's interesting is when, when you're talking, I feel like you're describing the way you were trained to be a tactician in the Marine Corps. And you, there's, there's something you mentioned that I really want to pull out and highlight, and that's commander's intent. And it's such a powerful concept. It really captivated me even before I joined the military as a way to uh, empower other people to get things done. And at no point are they told, this is how you will do it. This is the, this is the recipe. This is the exact step-by-step -step way that you're going to do it. Because one, that is absolutely impossible <laughs> to plan for in all of the interrelated variables that is warfare and irregular warfare, especially in the 21st century. Uh, but two, it's just never going to be anywhere near as effective as giving that Lance Corporal the initiative and autonomy and understanding to know like their boots are on the ground. They are going to inherently know better how to keep that city block safe, stable, and secure as opposed to the one that could be 
just across the river. Be a very different way to do that. And the way that you're, you just described the difference between how it is so ironic that the, the same military has come up with the prescriptive acquisition, which is buying process. It, it makes me think of living in the fifth dimension where from every point in time, there's an infinite variation of events that could happen from, from every other point in time. Uh, but you're, all you've got is a two-dimensional line that only goes one way through space. And you, you have to hope that the one way that you planned for this to be is going to account for every single possible variation which is impossible, which right? Is, it, which is impossible. It's a failed and flawed <laughs> view of, of how to proceed. But it's where a bureaucracy naturally goes. <laughs>